Hello and welcome to the United Launch Alliance Vulcan Centaur Podcast. I'm Derek Brecken, and I'll be your host over the course of this series as we sit down with the team bringing ULA's newest rocket to life. An unparalleled dedication to mission success and the desire to engineer limitless possibilities have inspired ULA's newest rocket, the Vulcan Centaur. Vice President of Major Development Mark Peller and Vulcan Centaur Program Operations Lead Amanda Sterling join us to discuss how it all got started in Episode 1, The Future of Space Launch. I'm Vice President for Major Development at ULA. Major Development basically is product development. And as part of those responsibilities, I lead the development of Vulcan Centaur. I've been the program manager for Vulcan Centaur since it started about six years ago. I've been on the Vulcan project since the very beginning. I was lucky enough to be a part of the first group of about 50 people when the program started. Um, and I was a structural engineer, so I got to help with designing the structure of the booster uh, and the fuel tanks, basically, that are going to hold the fuel. So that was a really exciting thing to be a part of to really grow the program and help design the vehicle from the ground up. Um, now my role has evolved a little bit. So now I'm the program operations lead. So I help to drive execution on the program to maintain the business rhythm. And I also do a bunch of different projects that are sort of cross-functional that don't necessarily have a natural bot in one specific function. You've got the opportunity to work on a brand new rocket system and kind of lead this charge here in a lot of ways. What has that experience been like for you personally? It's a great opportunity. It's something in this industry that you dream about. Certainly a career highlight. It's not over, um, but it's certainly going to be one of my career highlights. Getting to work on development itself is a really unique opportunity. And in this industry, we don't do it, you know, every other year. It's the type of thing that comes around, you know, once a decade or, or even less frequently. Um, I had the opportunity to work on Delta IV development over 20 years ago, and that was tremendously gratifying to work on that rocket and then later to actually you know, move through the engineering, the technical workforce, and actually be the chief engineer to launch uh, two dozen Delta rockets. That was tremendously gratifying. And that in itself would have been a really complete career in terms of development. But to get the opportunity to do it again and to do it from day one has been extraordinary. And so we started a small team that we put together of about 50 people. And you know, we've grown over tenfold that as uh, we work through development and we've gone from starting basically with PowerPoint and, you know, little sketches of what this rocket is going to look like and some really fundamental calculations as to how it could perform to, uh, to detailed designs, hardware. And, you know, now we're in the middle of, of building and testing and uh, getting ready to launch. So it's tremendously exciting. So what things have you witnessed change in the industry that, that has kind of made it necessary for ULA to, be designing and building a new rocket. Atlas and Delta have served us very well and they continue to serve us very well, but you know, times continue to move forward. Um, we find ourselves in a more competitive environment. Requirements of our customers have evolved. Technologies moved forward. The technology that's available to put into our systems has moved forward. So it was really, it was the right time and the right opportunity. It all kind of came together here about five years ago as I said, to get started with Vulcan development. So what does Vulcan Centaur mean for ULA and ULA's future? 
it is our future. Um, it's going to do everything that Atlas and Delta did and do more and do it all better, do it more affordably, higher performance, greater capabilities, um, all to the benefit of our customer. It allows us to focus our whole enterprise around a single product line, um, whether that's from engineering, production, quality, procurement, launch, and by focusing around that one product line really maximizing our efficiency, higher quality product, more affordable product, higher performance, all for the benefit of our customers. ULA is building the Vulcan Centaur with a tagline that it's purpose-built for national security space. Can you talk a little bit about that? So first of all, our customers' missions are our mission. And that's why we come to work every day is to support our customers' missions. We don't have other objectives. We don't launch stuff for ourselves. You know, we don't aspire to, to do other things. We aspire to serve our customers and their very important missions across all the markets that we serve. We started from the beginning in designing the Vulcan to meet the requirements of our national security space customer without compromise. This wasn't a rocket that was designed to do something else, and it may work sort of good, pretty good for national security. It is designed around those requirements from the beginning. And like I said, without compromise, it happens to be that those are very tough requirements and we have to be able to support a whole range of missions that stress the rocket in very different ways. So it requires us to develop not just a very high performance, but a very versatile system and a system that can be adopted and flown to meet the unique requirements of that mission. So that's how we started, but that served us very well. And so it happens to be, and it's guess it shouldn't be a surprise the rocket works really well for a lot of other missions too so it works really well you know for the full range of missions that we expect to support for our civil and commercial customers i'm curious to hear a little bit about how ula's mission success connects to vulcan as far as mission success in general i think it's just uh, that sense that personal connection that you have to the product that you helped build and that you helped put in space um, and knowing that that supports a greater mission like national security and that you're helping our warfighter directly in the work that you do sitting at your desk, um, analyzing a small component on a vehicle. So it's really cool to have a job like this where you can connect to that greater mission. Um, and I think that's a pretty unique, pretty unique thing that you get in a job. Yeah, a lot of people, when they think of mission success, they think of, you know, what happens on day of launch or maybe the weeks leading up to launch when we're processing the rocket. And first of all, mission success is foundational to everything we do at ULA. And so it's not just about what happens at the launch site. You know, for Atlas and Delta, it, it, it happens years in advance when we start to, to build that rocket and design the mission and test it and prepare it um, before it ever heads out to the launch site. And that extends to Vulcan development too. It extends all the way back to the day we started and we started designing and developing Vulcan in our approach so that the same fundamentals of mission success, the keys that have provided mission success for Atlas and Delta, you know, we've looked back and, and made sure those were in place from day one when we started to design it. You're obviously looking at different things because you're designing a rocket or you're doing qualification testing or you're doing 
other work and support development. So it's a different set of tasks, but the fundamental principles of mission success apply um, throughout this whole product development, really the whole life cycle of the product. What piece of technology or, or what new element of Vulcan is most exciting for you uh, as an engineer to see? Probably for me, and it, it's not something I can carry around and bring into a, a, you know, bring into a classroom to demonstrate to someone, but I'm a propulsion guy. Okay. I started my career in, in uh, main propulsion and worked in propulsion throughout my career. Obviously I have responsibilities much more diverse than that, but probably the new BE4 main engine is what it's the centerpiece of the rocket. That's what it all started and was built around and to see this brand new state of the art engine, um, oxygen rich stage combustion cycle, super high performance, and just a lot of really innovative technologies associated with that. That is, that is working great. And, uh, our partner blue origin, we've been working with them and been able to really demonstrate all the key technologies of that. Um, a lot of things that people five or six years ago, or even a few years ago, um, outside of ULA were really wringing their hands about, and, uh, we've been able to, to demonstrate that fundamental technology, burn down the majority of risk associated with the development of the engine and are on track to uh, complete its qualification and get it flying on Vulcan Centaur. Yeah, so really um, what Vulcan is doing is taking our Heritage Atlas and Delta vehicles and taking some of the key components of that to create Vulcan. So, you know, we're taking things like the Centaur 3 upper stage from Atlas is evolving to the Centaur 5 on the Vulcan vehicle. Uh, the composite payload fairings of Atlas, uh, we're updating those a little bit to uh, now we have an out-of-autoclave technology that allows us to cure those composites um, outside of an oven, essentially, which allows weight savings. Um, so taking that same sort of design and modifying it and then using it on Vulcan. Then as far as the Delta goes, uh, we have the 5-meter class booster and the SRBs, which are kind of then translating over to the Vulcan vehicle. So really... Um, you're drawing from that heritage and the experience and the lessons learned of those teams and uh, creating this Vulcan vehicle with the best of both worlds. And then the BE4 engine is the one new component that we're integrating and tying that all together with. What has the process been like of, of working with all of ULA's strategic partners to, to develop this new rocket? You mentioned Blue Origin. Yeah, well, the key to that is alignment. And together understanding what we're trying to achieve here with Vulcan Centaur. And, and our strategic partners have all been, been great in that sense and, and working together and understanding, you know, what our performance requirements are, what our schedule requirements are, making sure we, even though we're separate entities that we were truly working together as one team and we all shared that same vision, uh, for Vulcan Centaur and the promise that it affords, you know, our enterprise, their enterprise, and our nation as a whole. Um, that's really been the key to a successful partnership. ULA really uses the strategic partners because um, a lot of our partners are experts in their specific areas. And so we, as ULA, integrate them uh, to create the best vehicle. So we have uh, RUAG as our partner in composites, one of the best in the world at composites, um, L3 and avionics, uh, Blue Origin, the BE4 engine. So we're using their expertise in those areas and they can really focus on those specific components. And then we can focus on building the structure of the booster, but then combining all of those aspects together um, and integrating them to create the Vulcan launch system. 
So kind of zooming in from some of our external partners, can you talk about what it's been like managing uh, internal teams here at ULA and, and kind of the community that you've witnessed since you've been working on this project? Yeah, it's really uh, interesting to work with all the different people across ULA because you have people who have worked on one vehicle for their whole career, you know, Atlas or Delta. You have people who have worked on uh, development programs their whole career. And then you have new hires or newer employees that have only worked at ULA or, or have only worked on Vulcan, for example. And so it's really interesting to uh, be able to bring all those different point of views together and really work to balance the uh, fostering, fostering environment for innovation and creating this new launch system, but also taking into account the heritage experience and lessons learned and uh, risk mitigation and causal analysis and all of those um, really key processes and cores to what's made us successful in the past and making sure you balance those two items to, to lead to the success of this new vehicle. I've had to focus much more on developing. It's important for all leaders, but it's become even more important at developing my team and developing my organization. And that's been a big part of my job. It started on day one um, of Vulcan six years ago because I was literally employee number one. So Vulcan had been, wasn't called Vulcan at the time. It had been, it was a concept out of our advanced programs team. And I got a call from our COO at the time and said, how would you like to manage this new program? And of course I said, yes, it was an opportunity of a lifetime, but literally I was employee number one. And so we sat down and started on a piece of paper, sketching out what an organization would look like and uh, who could potentially fill those roles and building the team from ground up. And we've just continued to build. Like I said, it's about tenfold the size of what it was six years ago when we started. And so probably myself as a leader, I've spent more and more of my time as a leader in this role of really developing people and developing that organization and really, you know, looking forward into what we were going to need today to be successful, you know, next year and beyond to be, to be successful. And there's a unique aspect of that associated with development because the needs of a development program continually change. If you're working on building Atlas and Delta rockets, which is a great job, and I've done that a long, long time, um, but the needs of your organization and the skills that you need um, don't change as rapidly as they do in development. Because in development, what I'm doing today is different than what I have to do next year or vice versa if I look in the past. So the structure of the organization has to continually evolve. The skills necessary to be successful are continually changing. And so the roles of people and moving people around that organization and restructuring it, you have to continually evolve to be successful. And the basic project management, program management practices that you put in place to manage it change as well. The things I'm worrying about today and the things that we're managing, the problems we have are totally different than they were one, two, five years ago. And so we have to manage differently. Lowest of the low, what's been the most challenging or the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome uh, in development? So as the program manager, everyone comes to me with their problems. And uh, I've been in this industry for 30 years. And so I've seen a lot go wrong or not go well on launch vehicles. So I always tell everyone, I go, first of all, the only bad news is old news. So you need to bring your problems forward so we can confront them and work them. And I tell them, 
you're probably not going to surprise me with whatever your problem may be. And uh, I'm ready for it. And so, you know, yeah, certainly we've had challenges in development of the Vulcan system and we will continue to have challenges. That's the nature of development. That's why we test. That's why we take the time to put all the analysis and other preparations into this. We just don't go out and build it and try to fly it the first time or operate it. And we know we're going to have learning from that. And, you know, we've had our fair share of learning here, but nothing out of the ordinary and nothing that the team hasn't been ready and, and able to address. And we have more learning in front of us. But the important thing is obviously to get all of that learning done on the ground when we can truly learn from it and do it in a safe way so that we are uh, ready when it's time to go fly. If you had to pick the highest of highs uh, throughout Vulcan development thus far, what would you point to? My highest highs are whenever I get a chance to see hardware. And, and I go down to the factory frequently, um, go down to the launch site, and to see these things that you know, started out as just concepts, you know, literally PowerPoints, and that have developed through into detailed designs and now hardware and to see them functioning. You know, a specific example, a really high high, you know, was about a year, 14, 16 months ago, um, when we completed the first booster, the structural test article. And uh, I had been in the factory about a month before we finished it. And I came down and uh, they had made significant progress. And I mean, it was, it was complete, ready to roll out. And to see, have, see all of that coming together, because it represented the efforts of such a large team and so much work, you know, and obviously all the folks in Decatur who work so hard uh, to put that together and test it and put in all that extra effort leading up to that rollout of that. But then that represented the efforts of all of the ULA enterprise, the engineers, you know, indicator, the engineers back here in Denver, the, the quality folks, the procurement folks, everyone um, had to work so hard to achieve that. So, so that was, you know, one of my highest highs so far, but it's one of many to come, obviously uh, culminating with a successful first launch. Thanks for listening to United Launch Alliance's Vulcan Centaur series. In the next episode, we'll hear from ULA senior technologist John Reed as we discuss what it takes to design solutions for the nation's most critical needs. If you'd like to stay up to date with ULA news and events, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ULA Launch.